Hi, welcome to the New Covenant Presbyterian Church Sermon Podcast, a congregation of the Orthodox Presbyterian Church, the OPC, in the San Francisco Bay Area. What does the Bible say about universalism? Does the Bible teach that every single person without exception will be saved on the last day? This is the teaching of universalism. It's the question we're going to be addressing here. Now, with universalism, there are two different forms it can take. There can be a kind of pluralistic version of universalism. This would be the teaching that says that uh, no matter what religion you are, no matter uh, what you believe, no matter um, what way you think you can attain heaven, that, that, that those other ways, besides the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, that, that is, it is, in fact, possible to reach heaven uh, in those ways. So that would be a, a more pluralistic form of universalism. This would be a universalism that does not ultimately depend upon Christianity, but uh, the idea is that uh, everyone can get to heaven in their own way, according to their own belief system. Uh, this, the second form of universalism would be one that is more uh, Christianized in some ways. The idea there is not to say that other religions are correct, but that Christ will save those who, uh, who adhere to other religions. So the idea is uh, that Christ will basically look past people's unbelief, and he will, in fact, uh, in the end, save all. So those are, those are the two forms uh, of universalism that we, we find today. Again, one's a more pluralistic version, and the other is a more Christianized version. Now, uh, I, um, what I'll be arguing here is that very clearly the Bible does not teach universalism in, in either sense. The Bible uh, clearly states that there will be uh, some that uh, are rewarded with the reward of heaven on the last day. They, those are, these are those who uh, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, who have been justified by grace through faith. And uh, those who on the last day have lived a life that, that proves that their faith was in fact genuine. And uh, they're the ones that will, that will in fact be saved. And yet there are others who continue in their works of, of un, ungodliness, who continue in their sin, who have rejected the Lord Jesus Christ, and they will receive an eternal punishment. And so those are uh, that is what the, the scriptures teach on the issue. Now, regarding the first form of universalism, again, this is a kind of pluralism. Um, that the Bible speaks against, it, this is very clear from a, num- a number of ways. Uh, first, if you just even take a glance at the Old Testament, what you'll see is that Israel is the only one, the only group in the entire world, the only nation that had uh, the, the worship of the true God. And we can see all throughout Israel's history that as Israel became more idolatrous, as, as Israel um, tried to adopt the customs and practices of the nations, they were severely judged. God had never approved of, of any of the other systems of thought, any of the other religions, that uh, of any of the nations that were around Israel. And so we find a number of uh, warnings given in Deuteronomy, for instance, of what the people of God are to do when they come into the land. They are to, to tear down all the altars, all the pagan altars, uh, all, all, the idol, uh, all the idols and all the temples. Uh, and they are rather to worship the one true God. They are not to look at how the other nations worship their gods. They are rather to cling to uh, the one true God. And, and all throughout the history of Israel, uh, as Israel falls into idolatry, they are judged. Uh, showing that there is really only one way, even in the Old Testament, there is only one way uh, to get to to be right with God, and that was to obey the Word of God as it had been given uh, to Israel, which included uh, fearing the Lord, or uh, the Old Testament way of describing faith, uh, and then walking in uh, in the paths of righteousness that were laid out uh, in the Scriptures. So uh, even in the Old Testament, we see that there was. Uh, really no sense in which the Bible can be said to be pluralistic. We see the same thing coming with the Lord Jesus Christ. 
that, uh, for instance, uh, very famously, John 14, 6, uh, towards the end of his earthly ministry, the Lord Jesus Christ says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. This is probably the clearest statement that um, that clearly uh, is a rejection of all other forms of pluralism. The Lord Jesus Christ is the only way to God. There is no other way to God. Uh, and he says, you know, if you do not find this way, then you do not have life in yourself. And, um, and this is really because uh, all mankind is sinful. All mankind is sinful and in need of a Savior. And God has provided one Savior, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. And so the, the pluralistic form of universalism is clearly uh, not something that the scriptures teach. Uh, but what about the second form? What if someone were to say, well, I, I, I believe that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life, that no one comes to the Father except through him. Uh, but I just believe that what Christ is going to do on the last day is he is going to actually save those who follow the religion. He's going to reveal himself to them. And when he does this, uh, they will, in fact, uh, they will, in fact, be saved. Uh, so it's not to say that uh, you can be saved in any other way, but it's just that Christ will save those beyond uh, those who adhere to the Christian faith, those who put their faith and confidence uh, in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, this is also, again, very clearly uh, not something that the scriptures teach. Um, we have a number of very clear statements um, concerning the judgment that will come on the last day, uh, whereby there is a separation. And there are some that go to destruction, and then, and then that there are some that go, uh, in fact, to uh, heaven. And, um, and there's even indication that the, the length of time in each one is the same. So it's not to say that you can, um, you know, some forms of universalism will, will say something like, you know, you can be purged over time and then, and then eventually come uh, out of hell and in, into heaven, uh, that sort of thing. Something that denies the finality of the last judgment. Uh, but this is very clearly uh, not what the scriptures teach. Uh, the fact that there will be a division whereby one group will go to one side and one group to the other is very clearly... Uh, taught in Matthew chapter 7, where they're actually, to end the Sermon on the Mount, if you remember the Sermon on the Mount is Matthew chapters 5 to 7, uh, the ending of the Sermon on the Mount ends with with these uh, four parables, you could call them, uh, of, of the Last Judgment. And the very first one is about a narrow gate and a wide gate. And what the Lord Jesus says there is that, uh, basically talking about the judgment, is that uh, on the last day there will be many people who go through the wide gate to destruction. And there will be relatively few people who go through the narrow gate and walk on the narrow way uh, that leads to life. And so here, not only is it the case that there will be a separation, that there will in fact be some people that are, are cast into hell, but even the Lord Jesus says that most, most will in fact not find life. That there are many people who will walk on the broad uh, way and go through the broad gate and in fact go to destruction. Now, the fact that this uh, this separation will last forever is very clear from a number of other places. We think of uh, Matthew chapter 25, a very significant text coming right after Matthew 24, uh, where the Lord Jesus has uh, prophesied about the destruction of the temple and used that as a, um, as a type to describe also the judgment on the last day. And then this is then followed in Matthew 25 with, uh, with a number of parables about what the last day will be like. And so there are so here you have like the, the parable of the talents about what will happen. Um, and, and in every and in this case, you know, the, the servant that's disobedient is thrown out where there'll be weeping of gnashing and teeth. He'll be in the outer darkness. You have a similar thing happening with the, with, with the parable of the ten virgins, where the five foolish virgins are, are not allowed into the wedding and they are cast out in, into the place where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. And then you have uh, at the end of Matthew 25, uh, a, a what, what is 
you could call it a parable, but it's almost just a straightforward explanation of what's going to happen on the last day where the Lord Jesus says he's going to separate the sheep from the goats. And there will be this division, and the division will be based on uh, what people did for Christ during their lives. Uh, did they show their love for Christ by serving other Christians, or did they not? And so this is where we get the famous statement, whatever you did for the least of these brothers of mine, you have done for me. And uh, at the end, there is a, a, a distinction that's made. There are some that go into everlasting life, and then, and then there are some who go into everlasting judgment. And th these two statements are put in uh, parallel. And so the, the length of one has to be the length of the other as well. Uh, if, the, if the life is eternal, then so too must be uh, the punishment uh, at the end of time. And so there's really no way around uh, the, the, the reality that God will, in fact, judge the world in righteousness. This is found all over the scriptures. Um, we, we read in Romans chapter 2 of God giving to each one according to his works. We, we read in Acts 17 of uh, God uh, showing without a shadow of a doubt that he will in fact judge the world through the man he has appointed. He has given the evidence of this by raising him from the dead. So the, the fact that Christ was raised from the dead is the sure proof that there will in fact be a judgment and that the Lord Jesus Christ is uh, the judge. You have a similar statement that comes at the end uh, of Hebrews chapter 9 as well. Is appointed for man once to die, and then comes the judgment. Um, this judgment will uh, very clearly not be uh, one in which every single person is justified. Not every single person will receive the the, the sentence of, of righteous and go into to uh, into joy. Uh, there clearly will be some that are not going to receive that, though who who will be punished for their evil and wicked deeds. And the the length of time is going to last forever in either case. Uh, we see this in a number of, of ways. We looked at Matthew 25. You also have things like, uh, I believe it's Revelation 14, where, uh, where uh, John's seeing uh, in a vision of the, the, uh, the judgment on the last day will uh, say that the smoke of their torment goes up forever and ever. You have a very similar thing said in uh, Revelation 20, where the devil and his angels are thrown into the lake of fire, and then so are then the others who, um, who are, are judged and condemned for their wickedness. And so the scriptures are very clear. There is uh, no such thing as universalism. Universalism is not a, 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 a teaching of the scriptures. Uh, the reason why universalism is so popular and the reason why uh, it is believed is not because it is found in the Bible, uh, but rather because there is a deep-seated belief in the goodness of man, that, there is, that it would be unthinkable that a good God would send people to hell. Uh, that's really the idea uh, behind universalism. Uh, but against this uh, is the very clear teaching of Scripture that not only is there going to be a judgment, not only will some be condemned, and not only will it last forever, but the reason for this is because man is in fact wicked. Man is in fact wicked. Uh, that all the thoughts and intentions of the hearts of man are only evil continually, as Moses testified in Genesis chapter 6. And what was true of the generation immediately before the flood is still true of people today unless they are converted and turned to the Lord Jesus Christ uh, in whom is found uh, righteousness. Uh, all of those who turn to the Lord Jesus Christ will in fact be saved on the last day. But because of the universal wickedness of mankind outside of Christ, because of our union with Adam uh, who sinned and passed on that sin to all, there will be a, a judgment wherein uh, all those outside of Christ uh, will perish. And so, uh, it's, this is another reason, as we think about it, whether or not the Bible teaches about universalism, uh, it's another reason to uh, consider the Lord Jesus Christ, to consider the brevity of life, 
and to turn to the Lord Jesus Christ that you might be saved uh, on the last day. For there really is no other hope. He is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through him. Thanks for listening. If you found this episode helpful, please give us a review on iTunes or wherever you're listening to this podcast as it will help out our uh, podcast channel and make the teachings of the Word of God more widely available. If you'd like more information about our church, you can find out more at our website at newcovopcssf.com. That's N-E-W-C-O-V-O-P-C-S-S-F.com.